Hello there, I'm Angela Katerns. <laughs> She's doing a bit of river dance. And I'm Wendy Harmer. Did you like that? Not bad, no, eh? That is so not river dance, but it's a very <laughs> cheerful theme. I love it. Yeah, me too. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Now, is it just me, or are you starting to get the impression that this podcast can be dangerous to the health? <laughs> We have we got someone else who's injured themselves? We have. This from Kerry. I've just returned from hospital and want to tell you that my hideous recovery was not helped by having mm. discovered your podcasts. Having had my right shoulder operated on, jiggling with laughter was only uh, hindered the recovery process as I drifted in and out of painkiller heaven. Ooh, pethidine. My first night on. at home <laughs> had my husband wake in fright, thinking that I was suffering some post-op seizure as I tried to suppress my laughter. I'm living in Switzerland, uh, which only has two national jokes, she goes on to say. It used to be one, but I think we had a referendum to allow a second. <laughs> anyway, it's been a long time between lol laughs. You know what lol is, Yes, um, laugh out loud. Very good. Mm. Very, very good. And what about Rolf? R- roll around the floor laughing. Yeah, roll on floor laughing. Yep. Roll, but that's ruffle. Roll, roll, roll on. Sorry, okay. <laughs> pedantic, honestly. Anyway, I wondered, uh, do you think that the ABC might insist before too long that we begin our podcasts with a health warning? I think so. I think they do that sort of thing. You know, not allowed to be listened to in bed is what we're getting. It alarms husbands. That's right. Listening to this podcast may cause outbreaks of mirth, <laughs> something like that. That's good. <laughs> Please uh, take care when driving in the gym, or as you say, when you're in bed and your partner's trying to sleep. Well, we've got another email too saying uh, from a gal saying that she laughs out loud on the river cat when she's off to work and everyone <laughs> looks at her and thinks that she's mad. So I think also <laughs> listening to this podcast in public could have people move seats <laughs> if you're on public transport. That's right. Or just simply think that you are stark raving mm. mad. Well, we love that. Should be more madness in the world, don't we? Yeah, that's right. We, that's what we reckon. Anyway, be careful, won't you? Please be careful just in case you are driving and you <laughs> laugh and tears roll down your face. We like that, actually. That's a lovely thing to happen. It is. It's good. It's good. Here's a lovely email from Kay. Thank God you're back. I've begun to think that you left us forever. Luckily, I happened to check the website this week. What joy. Unfortunately, unlike a small child with a bag of lollies, I've listened to them all back to back. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Now, that gets me to the point of willpower. Yes. It's very interesting. And did you know that as well as being able to test IQ, there are tests for your EQ, which is your emotional quotient, as well as your intelligence quotient. There's an emotional quotient yes. test. Yes. And one of those tests apparently involves you leave a small child in the room, you leave... Oh, I've seen these. Yes. I've seen these. Yeah, and you leave them like a lolly or a marshmallow. Yes, and if, you, if they take that, if they eat them all at once, there won't be any more. But if they eat one slowly and save one for later, then they get a whole bag at the end. That's right. Mm. And then you, uh, then you find out you know, whether a child is able to sort of reason and it's about being rewarded and it's about thinking Think- about consequences yes, yes, and yes. trust and all those things. And I wonder what you imagine that you would be would you be a lolly gobbler well as a child uh probably probably Mm. i would but as an adult i I have quite a deal of self-control you do yes i do Mm -hmm. and so if it were me now you know i would eke them out 
Mm. I would, you know, be very, very tough on myself and eke out the lollies one by one. It was interesting in our family because all the kids were different. I had a brother, well, I have a brother, who drives us all mad. He was one of those kids who would get an Easter egg Mm. and would save it till about October. (laughs) And what he would do (laughs) is he would come out once a week and he'd go, I've still got a little bit of Easter egg left. So he would eat a tiny little morsel. A tiny bit, a tiny morsel. Where, you know, I was pretty balanced. I've never been a binger on things. But but, but I had another brother who would, my other brother, uh, he would just womp and there would be the Easter egg and there would be this, you know. Other one torturing all of us. Well, weren't you tempted to just go and help yourselves? I, I mean, was. Te- how did he keep you away from? Oh, it? he hid them. Oh, he hid I run the lock and key. I was tempted to punch him in the head. That's what I was. Tempted <laughs> Give us to your do. Easter egg, or else. <laughs> or else. I mean, leaving your Easter egg until October, it's just not savoury. It's just not all that hygienic. I would have thought. Well, I. <laughs> how long does chocolate last? Oh, forever. It lasts forever. I don't think hygiene was really the point. And um, I, and then my my sister was a little different. She would sort of just you know, portion out the chocolate, you know, eat it over about a few days. But then she would save the paper. She would get the paper and she would fold it up very carefully and keep the paper. Mm. And, of course, um, I would sort of, you know, I wasn't too bad, but I'd eat the Easter egg and chuck the paper away and then my brother Noel would just woof and then try and beg off other people. But isn't it, I think it's, it's really interesting that we all have you know, such a different personalities in the family. Do you, know, do you know the theory about that, about birth order? Yes. It's really interesting. Yes, it is, isn't it? It's about uh, what what the basic gist of it is, that um, children in a family sort of niche market their personalities to get maximum attention. Yeah, from the parent. That's, That's right. right. So the first one comes along and they sort of identify with um, mum and dad. I'm, mm. a fir- I'm a firstborn. In my family, my older brother is called the sun god. <laughs> is that right? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm the Sun Queen in our family. All right. I'm, no, I'm Mrs. Bossy. Yeah. And then apparently after that, each child comes along and has a look for the niche that's available. So that's why you get the sporty one, you get the sort of sullen one, you get the sort of mm. the, the comic, mm. you get the bookish one, you get the crazy one. You get the cute little youngest one. Uh, it'd be you. <laughs> so we've got a firstborn and a lastborn. Yeah, that's right. That's no, what you're so you bossy. devious cow. <laughs> Spoiled brat. <laughs> Headmistress. <laughs> Wimp. <laughs> I, on my willpower, I've never been a binger on things, but I am a sort of a steady overindulger of Are things. Are you? Yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a never, I would never sit down with a packet of biscuits and eat the lot in one no, go no, no, ever. No, or a no. I can have bouts of overindulgence. I wondered if you are the type of person who, when faced with a lovely plateful of food, mm. will save the best till last or whether you'll eat the best bit first. Your favourite bit first or your favourite bit last? I think I'll be. what I'll be doing is I'll be having a little bit of each. Right. A little bit of each to keep the sensory experience going, going as, as long, long as, as possible. possible. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm quite thoughtful about overindulging, yeah. but I, um, oh, there's lots of things that I should stop. There's lots of, um, uh, I don't know whether my willpower is increasing. I'm actually very strong-willed with my work, mm. but I'm a bit of a hedonist, I've got to say. Yes, I am too. Look, just throughout this whole conversation, I've been thinking about crackling. For some reason or other, yeah. I've got a vision of pork crackling oh, yeah. on a plate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
so my weakness. Oh, well, that is exactly right. And I'm a shocker because I'm the cook. I'll be out there scoffing a little bit for myself and the kids will come in or Brendan will come in and they'll say, oh, for God's sake, don't touch that, crackling. But I'm, I'm such a liar because oh, we've, we've, I've already had a go at it my myself. My family has come to blows over crackling. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, violence <laughs> has been sparked by crackling. But you know, the funny thing is now that you can actually go and buy crackling. Yes, and it's you, not, but it's not – but, but nah. that's to see – the point about it is no, that no, it's so no. rare and delicious and precious. But if you could cook up a whole lot of crackling, there'd be no point. Well, like, that's true. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It would actually lose its currency and cachet. Quite right. And to same with stuffing, you know, like the Americans, they do on stovetop stuffing that you, instead of just being in the bird or in the meat or whatever, you make up another pot of it on stovetop. So everyone can have some. But I think the point is that everyone's got to fight and argue about yes, the little bits. <laughs> Quite right. Hey, when mm-hmm. is it just me? Yes. Or have you found yourself casting very dark looks at anybody nearby who might be coughing and sneezing without uh, a handkerchief? I've always disliked it, but especially now I think you're you're killing me. You're going to kill me. That's right. I was in a cafe the other day, and uh, I usually find myself doing this, but I saw somebody, there was a, a... table full of people behind me and some I just heard this person sneeze and there was a woman on the other side of the cafe who I was looking at and the look that she fired across the cafe at this person who sneezed it was a killer it was a killer look across the cafe and I thought you know in light of swine flu it's almost a punishable offense don't you think to sneeze or cough in public without a a handkerchief. Yeah, absolutely. But I think what is the most bizarre of all is the spectacle of the Prime Minister, and the kids even noticed this, the kids brought this up, mm. and uh, of the Prime Minister telling you to cover your mouth while you, when you sneeze and, and to wash your hands. And my young bloke, who's 11, came marching out of the lounge room in high dudgeon. The Prime Minister just told me I have to wash my hands. He said, I already know that. <laughs> I learned it at school. And I said, <laughs> I thought, you're dead right there. I mean, it was really like we were a whole bunch of children being taught our manners again. It was really odd. That is odd, isn't it, that it comes from the Prime Minister? Well, wash your hands, Well, children. President Obama said it as well. And don't forget to cover your mouth when you sneeze. Oh, go away. <laughs> I mean, now it's official. It is a nanny state. Absolutely. Absolutely official. It's a nanny. Well, look, may I present Exhibit A? Here is some instant hand sanitizer. These little bottles have started to appear all over, well, the ABC and all over the world. And see this little sticky thing on it? It's got a picture of a skull and crossbones and then a picture of a pig underneath You're it. kidding. No, see that? Well, you know, I just had to sign a permission note for the kids at school that they would be able to use bacteria hand washing. You know, you've got to sign a note for everything Oh, for God, in case it's got nuts in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, gee, the uh, instant sanitizer people must be doing well out of this. 
You don't think they're the ones that no, I can't start oh, this. Oh no, bit. don't go there. Oh well, they could well be. But you know, you know those um face. We had someone. I was travelling at the weekend, and there was someone was on the plane with one of those face masks mm. on. The kids mm. were absolutely intrigued. But do you know that you have to sort of change them every twenty minutes because if the front yes, of the mask damp. becomes damp, then the germs can go straight through. I know. I know. Oh, I don't know. I think you act basically to get swine flu. You've got a tongue kiss a pig, really. I think <laughs> I, I, I'm not getting it, I'm sure. Now, Angie, is it just me? Or, you know, I'm sure it isn't. You, you feel really guilty. Um, you know, oh, as, uh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> okay. okay, play the piano now, again. Yep. We can move on. <laughs> yes, guilty. Yeah, all right. the time. Okay, just play the music again and I'll start again. <laughs> Yes, I'm guilty. Sorry. Yeah, guilty. Sorry. Yep. You name it, I'm guilty about it. I was at the Writers' Festival uh, recently and I was on this uh, forum about women, marriage and sex and all this sort of stuff. And uh, there was a young girl in the audience who stood and was asking a question about sort of raunch culture, really, Mm. how that she felt pressured into having sex and... uh, and really? What, how she felt pressured into having oh, sex? Oh, yeah, by, by, the, by the prevailing culture, really. At, at what age would she have been? Uh, she would have been about, sort of, I suppose, about 14, 15. Really? Yeah, you know, there's all these books out now about female raunch culture, etc. And I was uh, relaying the story that I had had to ring Foxtel to have a whinge about a uh, trailer for a movie which had oral sex references in at 6.30 at night. When I was sitting there with Miss Nine Years Old, yeah. you know, which is it's just totally a pain. Anyway. The, so you rang up? Yeah, I rang up. But how was your call received? Um, oh, well, we'll take that down. Thank you very much. I mean, you had to, you know, there is no actual formal complaints department. You actually have to pretend that you, you have to go through the sales department. <laughs> pretend like you want more because that's the only way you can get in. That's right. I'll withdraw my ads. Yes, that's right. So anyway, I was mentioning this and then there was a, a um, something in one of the online magazines that were commenting on what I said, which, is, which was, is there nothing more irritating than a baby boomer who has broken every taboo <laughs> then goes on to have kitties and whinges endlessly and then whinges about standards about standards and sexual freedoms however i thought well i was of course i was annoyed about that because i did actually say at the time i felt like an old bag having to ring up the tv station yes, and after i had broken every taboo no i acknowledged all that so that yep. annoyed me but the point is what do you then do do you just sit back and do you let marketeers have a full-on red-hot go at your kids? I mean, there was a, an item that was uh, in the papers the other day saying that one of the major retail chains, an email had been uncovered saying that for a photo shoot that they wanted these 9- and 10-year-old girls to look more adult and sexy. I mean, what is the answer? Do we just say, oh, we're baby boomers, we reached this sort of culture and now we have to reap it? Or what? do we become complaining old bags? Well, let me just, maybe we need to cast our minds back because I've admitted on the, on these podcasts that I was a complaining old bag not so long ago and complained about a raunchy ad that was plastered on the back of a bus mm. that I found myself face to face with. Sure. My complaint was dismissed, by the way. I was found to be... Completely out of line. Oh, you got you and got you got, an got re- you got a reply. Yeah, I got a reply. Thanks and very what? much, but nothing's going to happen. You know, we we found that uh, your complaint was 
not upheld. Nobody else agrees with you. Basically, you're whinging old bag. Go so away. So it is just you. <laughs> yes. So what do you think? Well, I'm wondering, didn't they have a red hot go at us when we were young? Is it just from the motherly perspective that we start to be sensitive to these matters? I don't know. I mean, there is a lot of literature around which says it is happening younger and younger. I can't remember someone having a red hot go at me at nine, I'll tell you, because I was living in the country. I think we only got the ABC and I didn't get these magazines like, um, you know, the first magazine that I read that was a bit raunchy was Dolly magazine, Dolly magazine but I would yeah. have been 16 or 17 mm. by then. Yeah, yeah. No, you're there right. was none I of suppose... these girlfriend magazines. No. Uh, so when you're nine, perhaps not. No, I think you're right. I think it's been ramped up. I mean, it's the same. What do you think about them, the marketeers having a red-hot go at the kids in terms of a fast food? Would you restrict those ads during cartoon time? Oh, well, that's a, that's a can of worms, isn't it? Um, uh, well, uh, would I restrict? I don't think you can. Ultimately, I don't think you can. But I do watch I mean, the kids the sitting wa- on the couch during the cartoons and the ads for the big hamburger comes on and the kids go, oh, I'd love, love one of yes, them Yes, but right then now. they're not the ones who are going to go to the shop and buy it. You're the one who's going to go to the shop yeah, and buy there, it. Yeah, but there is that whole pester power. I know thing. there's that pester power, but children since the beginning of year dot have pestered their parents. Surely it's just up to us to be firm. Well, I wonder, and though. And say, here, have a carrot yeah, instead. Yeah, but, 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 but can we really expect no support from our government at all when we're trying to parent in terms of uh, keeping kids away from explicit material and away from fast food? Are we, are we just expected to cope on our own? What is the bloody government there for anyway? What are they, if what, it is public opinion? Well, they're, they're, helping. They're, telling, they're helping you by telling your children to wash their hands. What, do you, what else do you want them to tell them? What do you want the government to well, tell them? I, well, I think that they could be more helpful. I don't think because I, I don't want, uh, you know, explicit material, you know, shoved down my throat. No, not, <laughs> not, not that old joke. But I don't think that makes me <laughs> makes me like a whinging old bat. I freely admit I was a baby boomer who's written some sort of raunchy books and this and that. But, oh, um, written some raunchy books. Didn't you have a raunchy youth? I did. I didn't go telling everybody about it. I didn't put that on the TV. <laughs> but you did, you see. <laughs> I did have yeah, a you raunchy full circle. But I wasn't nine. Mary Whitehouse. So well, I said that. I said I don't want to be like a whinging old bag, but surely somewhere in the middle there, there's a reasonable way to sort of be outraged without everyone picking on me. <laughs> sort of be outraged and feel good about it. Hey, Wendy. Yes. Speaking of raunch culture. Yes, raunch culture. I'm a little bit shy about saying this. Mm. The other day, yes. I saw on my teenage daughter's neck yes. an interesting sort of reddish mark. <laughs> and I said to her, is that a love bite? <laughs> and she said to me, what's a love bite? They call them hickeys now. I know. I said, it's another oh, one of those American it's, things. It's a hickey. Did she you went, get that on a play date? She, <laughs> Why don't you go and, and hide went, in the closet right and now? And she went bright red, of course, and said, no, it's not a hickey. And then five minutes later, she's got a scarf wrapped around her neck. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I hope love bites never go out of fashion. Oh, weren't they embarrassing though? Do you remember? Do you remember trying to have to cover them up oh, with the concealer and makeup and drawing even more attention to them? That's right. And of course, parents taking great delight as you are doing in pointing them out. Isn't it good to know that some things don't change? What is that on your neck? Did you get bitten by a mosquito? Gee, big mosquito. Have you got, did you get attacked by a leech? You know, all that. Shut up, Dad, shut up. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad to see, as I say, some things don't go out of fashion. You're glad about that, are you? I'm sort of glad. I'm sort of Wait glad. Wait till it happens to yours. Would you well, be glad then, do you think? I well, I, I won't worry about the love bite so much. I, I'm fully expecting the tats to happen, though. Oh. Isn't that a worry? I read somewhere. Oh, I think tats are great. I'd love you? to have a tattoo. I think it's going to be a sign of individuality not to have a tattoo. Mm, I think that you're right. Long. I think that you're right. But I mean, you don't want to get tattoos on your neck. You see, I, I did this as a youngster. Well, not that young, but I, as a sign of individuality, I did two things that went against popular culture at the time. Mm. I refused to have my ears pierced. I still mm. don't have them pierced, mm -hmm. and I refused to go and see Sound of Music. <laughs> Aren't I a rebel? I still have not seen Greece, and I still have not seen Pretty Woman, and oh, I really? still have not seen Flashdance, <laughs> and I still have not seen, oh, what's the you other one? You should see uh, them. Um, I've seen Sound of Music now. Of course, I love it. It's a yeah. magnificent film, but at the time, everyone was going to it. Everyone was talking about it, and I just put my foot down and thought, I am a rebel. I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. Well, there you go. Well, that's good. I'll tell you a, a funny thing with a girlfriend of mine. They were putting on Grease in a local production down the road, and that was on the beachfront, I think, what it was. It was, a, you know, a, an amateur production on the beachfront, and they were doing Grease, and so there was all the mums and dads and all the kids there, and it was all lovely. And my girlfriend, Mary Stagg, at home said... I've forgotten how explicit <laughs> Greece is. She said, I was crawling under the chair. It was hideously embarrassing. And yeah, so Maeve's really into Greece, but isn't the um So you've watched have you watched it with No, Maeve? no, no, I still haven't well, watched you the have whole to. thing. That'll be a delight. And Flashdance too. And uh What a feeling. Is that that song? Is that that movie? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's great. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen that. I haven't seen that. I just and and Pretty Woman. I I had a really objection to that because it sort of glamorised um, prostitution. Glamorised prostitution. And I so I still haven't seen. I know it's ridiculous. I mean, the, you know, the floodgates have opened. <laughs> the floodgates opened years ago, Harmon. Get over it. Exactly. You know, there's a few little holdout points though. I'll stay firm. We've got a lovely email here from about hairy men. Just to finish, yeah, go on quickly. Hairy men. Oh gosh, where have I put it? Where have I put it? Where have I put my hairy men? Basically saying that hairy men, uh, we should unite uh, all we lovers of hairy men. Says Sarah. Men shaving their legs is a crime. Waxing is tantamount to a tragedy. Hairy men are made to, made to feel inferior, but I want them to know they rock. Chicks dig hairy men. So if you're a hairy bloke, this is the podcast for you. Thanks, Sarah. I don't agree, but anyway, oh, we'll leave it there. Cheerio. So you just have to just get that little bit in. That little <laughs> bit in. It was all going so well. And you just have to have a little bit in. <laughs> <laughs>